Hey, welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. Honor Pastor Steve, Pastor Sharon Kelly from Virginia Beach Wave Church, and also we want to honor Pastor Josh Kelly as the um, campus pastor at Great Neck Campus there. And so why don't we stand to our feet as we celebrate and honor um, the amazing ministry Wave Church is. Hey, hey. If you could just stay standing with me for just a moment. I got an iPad stand. This is awesome. Don't have these in Virginia Beach. Uh, I want to take a quick moment to, I don't just do this uh, because it's kind of what preachers do when they visit a church. Um, I want to do this because I really mean it. And uh, I want to take a moment to honor your senior pastors, Pastor, Pastor Anthony and Miriam Fleming. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that if you're thankful for your senior pastors. I'm uh, thankful for you guys. I'm humbled to be here. You know, I've found, uh, we're going to take a seat in just a moment. Um, I really am humbled to be here. I believe that God has uh, designed and orchestrated for me to be here, for you to be here. And, uh, you know, it's funny is, is the more, the more that I say yes to Jesus, the more that I find myself in places I don't deserve to be. And I, I feel like this is one of those moments where I'm just, I'm, I'm really humble to be here. And I believe that God wants to speak to every single one of you, but also to remind you of how amazing this church is, how amazing your senior pastors are. Sometimes it takes somebody from the outside to come in and just remind you just how good you have it. Cause you can get used to, you can get used to an amazing church like this. You can get used to amazing senior pastors, Pastor Anthony and Miriam playing one more time. Can you just, if you love them, appreciate them. They have, you can be seated, they have, what I love as well is an amazing family. And not only are they leading a, a great church, but an amazing family. I'm a pastor's kid, so I know this firsthand, but there's some, there's some crazy pastor's kids out there. And, uh, but I love, uh, from what I've been able to see, is just how y'all do family. And I'll remind you as a church to be praying for it. The Fleming family pray for Pastor Anthony's in Australia right now with the passing of his dad. This is a tough time for your pastors. And uh, I pray that we always pray for our pastors, but especially even this week as we leave church today, just spend some extra time just praying for the leaders that God has placed in and over your life. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, I want to take a quick moment and uh, again, personally just honor my mom and dad, Pastor Steve, Pastor Sharon. Uh, we moved 20 years ago from Australia to Virginia Beach just a little south of, of here. And uh, what God has done in those 20 years at church, the only explanation is God, which I love. Um, but I'm, I'm thankful uh, now that I, I'm on staff, I work for my mom and dad, it's my dream job. I know that God has called me to, to lift their arms and I'm, I'm thankful for their leadership, their gifting, all that stuff is great. But what I'm really thankful for is their integrity and character off of the stage. They're the same on and off of the stage. My parents, they're my they're my heroes. I love them. Anytime I get the opportunity to speak, I always take a moment just to honor them. And I'm uh, so thankful for them. I have a beautiful, bodacious wife. Her name is, is uh, Brooke. I call her Brooklyn. We met in church 
And uh, that's our little family. I always wanted, you keep that photo up there for a second. I always wondered why pastor showed their family and photos of their kids before I had a kid. And now I have a kid. Now I know why. Because <laughs> before, you know, p- parents would show me kids of their photos, photos of their kids. I'm like, I don't really care. <laughs> and now that I've had a kid, I don't care that you don't care. I, I have to show you. Parents, can I get an amen? Live will be live will be two on September 15th. I think we have a couple more photos just because you have to see how scrumptious. Are you kidding me? And then just one more because we love Oreos. We just love. <laughs> you can take that down. Um, thankful that uh, man. We we need the church. Raising a family in, in God's house. Man, y'all know how to praise and worship. I don't know if you're aware of that. If you could come teach Wave Church how to worship, how to clap on. Y'all can clap on beat. <laughs> Wave Church has, has never clapped on beat. Not one time. I almost, I almost had rhythm this morning because of being here. <laughs> Magno, man, you are so, every time I say your name, I'm scared I'm saying it wrong because it's such a cool name. I don't, where are you right here? Uh, you're anointed, man. It's not just gifting. There's, a, there's, there's anointing when you sing. I want, I want you to understand this. There's a lot of gifted singers, but, but you lead, but there's an anointing in and on your life. And when, when, when you sing, when you worship, it ushers in the presence of God. And, and that is because of your time spent in the presence of God. You're a worshiper and you seek God. You love God. I want to, I want to encourage you to, to continue. You have, a, you have an amazing, humble heart. Keep that heart. And God has placed you here in this church for a reason. And you don't need to, not that you're doing this, but just to remind you that God has planted you in this house for a reason. There's, don't need to chase or look at any other opportunity. God's placed you here for a reason. And there's an anointing in and on your life. All right, thankful for that dude's voice. I just, I lip synced a little bit, pretend your voice was mine in worship. And I know that as a church, we've been in a series on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to, we're going to touch on that a little bit this morning. Man, the church needs the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we need the Holy Spirit. If you're taking notes this morning, you can write down the title of my message is another in the fire, another in the fire. Turn to your neighbors, say, Hey, there's another in the fire. Turn to your other neighbor that you just ignored and say, hey, there's, there's another in the fire. Hmm. We're going to have some fun this morning. Is that okay? Yes. I can already tell you're just a passionate church. I've heard about you, by the way. I've heard how passionate you are in a good way. And uh, I love to have fun when I preach. This is a two-way conversation. So if you like what you hear, you can let me know. One of my favorite words is amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. So feel free. To let me know. If you don't like what you hear, just say amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're in God's house. We may as well have fun. Presence of God is here. I I didn't come this morning. By the way, even just being in in your praise and worship, there's 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 just a spirit of worship in this house. Even in praise and worship, I'm like, that's why I came. That's for that was for me. I'm serious. God was moving in this place, and um, we're in God's house. I don't want to leave. Here's my thing. I don't want to leave the same. If I'm going to come to God's house, the presence of God's going to be here. I want to hear from him. I want to leave different. Amen. Yeah. Daniel. We're going to have fun this morning. Daniel chapter three says this. This is what we're kind of going to speak from this morning. 
Uh, if you haven't read Daniel chapter three, I want to encourage you to take time to read it this week. Uh, the Bible's crazy. You need to read it. Uh, verse 24 says this Then you, maybe you've heard this story before. Hopefully there's some people in this room and you've never heard it before. Hopefully there's people in this room who don't yet know Jesus. We're, we are a church. I know this is a church that is passionate about reaching our city, our community. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors. We're kind of picking up in the middle of the story. We'll, we'll go through it a little bit later. What, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? King Nebuchadnezzar, he threw three men into this fire because they wouldn't bow down to his idol. And he looks into the fire and, and he asked the question, weren't there three men? Because he threw three men into the fire. And they replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire unbound that's important because they went inbound unharmed because they're in a fire that should harm them and the fourth looks like a son of the gods can we pray this morning let's pray jesus i thank you god i thank you for your presence god without your presence this morning this morning would almost be a waste of time but i thank you that you are here i thank you for your church that is the hope of the world i thank you for church alive and what you're doing in this place God, I thank you that there's a spirit of revival in this house. God, I think that this is already a leader church in this region and will continue to grow and have influence and reach this city and beyond. God, I thank you that you've designed for every human heart to be in this room this morning. God, personally, I pray for your grace, your authority, your power. Without it, I'm nothing. I need it. And God, I just thank you that football season is back. And as a community, we just pray together for the New York Jets organization. And everybody said, any Jets fans, any Christians? So all the Christians. I'm the, I'm the type of individual where I'm 28 years old and I know I look older because of my receding hairline. So please pray for me. I'm the type of individual where there's areas of my life that I have, you know, I just didn't grow up. And I'm not talking about like, no, I'm talking about physically, although it's painfully obvious I never hit the growth spurt that was promised to me that would happen by my senior year in high school. Uh, I, I was a late bloomer in middle school. I don't know if there's any middle schools in here. Don't worry, puberty does happen. I was a kid in middle school when I went to, and parents, this may help just encourage some of your middle schoolers, where I, I'll be in the locker room and I would have to keep my arms down because I didn't have armpit hair yet. I had a friend who made fun of me because he thought that I shaved my armpits. And I had a decision to make. Am I going to let him make fun of me because I shave my armpits or am I going to just say, you know what, I haven't hit puberty yet. I'm just waiting for it to, I had a decision. I said, you know what, man, Michael Phelps really been inspiring me. And so I think about being a swimmer, take some seconds off. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when I travel, uh, I, I still am kind of like a, a kid. Like when, even when I came here, you know, most people they, they look for maybe, is there a sports game? Is there some museums? Is there cool restaurants? Is what normally what adults do. I, I, I like to look, is there an aquarium in the city? I Googled, because even better than an aquarium, is there a zoo? Any zoo lovers up in here this morning? Is there a zoo? There is one, like 20 minutes from here. I've never been, so I don't know how good it is, because there's such thing as good zoos and bad zoos. Where I live, Virginia Beach, there's a zoo. It's called Norfolk Zoo. It's an awesome zoo. I love zoos. I love animals. And what I love about the, the zoo is I can visit any exhibit that I want to. I can pick and choose what exhibit I want to. Norfolk Zoo, if you go to the Norfolk Zoo, if you come to Wave Conference next year, you need to go to the zoo. We should make an elective at conference next year where you go to the zoo. 
The first thing that you do is you turn left and there's a monkey exhibit. I love monkeys. I tried to convince my mom early years of my childhood that we needed a monkey for a pet. And this, the, the monkey exhibit, it's, it's open air. Like you could, if you wanted to, you could touch them. They're right, they're right there. They're, there's lions. There's rhinos. I don't know if you've ever seen a rhino before. Rhinos are huge. There's tigers, which was nothing new to me because I grew up with the tigers, an older sister. Her name's Alyssa. I can say that because she's not here. I love, I love, I love zoos. Uh, one of the reasons I love zoos is because they don't, I, I, like I said, I, I can visit any exhibit that I want. And that's important to me because there's one exhibit I will refuse to visit. It's the reptile exhibit. Do I have any friends here this morning? I don't have a problem with snakes. I don't have a problem with lizards. But what I have a problem with, because they're demonic, is spiders. I hate spiders. I'm terrified of spiders. And I'm cautious to talk about this wherever I talk about it, because there's always one or two people that think it's funny after service to find a spider or show me a picture of a spider. I want you to to listen. If you do that, I'll cut you. (laughs) You think I'm kidding. I am mortified. A spider is my wife, Brooke. She kills every spider, every bug in our house. If the zoo, if the zoo forced me to see every exhibit, if they forced me to see the reptile exhibit, I wouldn't go. I would give up the lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my, because I cannot go to the reptile exhibit. This is a problem when I try to translate this to my Christian walk. Because how often when I follow Jesus, when we sign up to this thing called Christianity of following Jesus is a problem because so often I've found that, that I, I want to visit the exhibit of blessing and I want to visit the exhibit of breakthrough and the exhibit of favor and the exhibit of healing. And that's awesome, but it doesn't mean I get to avoid the exhibit of suffering and the exhibit of delay and the exhibit of wilderness and the exhibit of silence. That's not, that's not how this Christian life works. God's word doesn't promise easy. This Christian life is just not a nice, easy life where it's all about avoiding the fires. No, what God's word does promise is grace to face the fire, to walk through the fire, and to walk out of the fire. Can I get an amen? Because I've found, I've found, man, I want to come to this church. I want to move here. I found, for me, maybe for you, it's oftentimes the exhibit of breakthrough it's only accessible first to the exhibit of testing. Here's, here's the thing. As we follow Jesus, as we are, watch this, led by the Holy Spirit, oftentimes as we're led by the Spirit, that means we are led right to the fire. Not around it, not away from it. Catch this. The moment we bow to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the moment you bow your life to Jesus and we refuse to bow to the world, I want to suggest to you and I this morning, we become a threat to the enemy. Let me show you what I'm talking about. In Daniel chapter 3, we read some of the verses already. I want to give you a quick JK remix translation of this story. I want to encourage you, if you have not read it, read all of Daniel. Read Daniel chapter 3 this week. King Nebuchadnezzar builds this idol. It's about 40 to 50 feet high. He acknowledges other gods, but as he's built this idol, and I think part of it is he wants it to represent him and show how powerful he is. He wants everybody to denounce their God. And in this moment, when music plays, you got to bow and you got to worship my idol. And if you don't, this is what King Nebuchadnezzar says, if you don't, I'm going to throw you into a furnace and you're going to die. Now here's the thing. King Nebuchadnezzar, if you read, Daniel has already proven himself crazy enough where if you don't bow, you're going to get thrown into that fire and you will die. So the music plays and everybody bows except for three 
young Hebrew men. While everybody else is bowing, they remain standing because they believe that there's only one king and one, uh, well, not an idol, one God that we should bow to as the king of kings, the Lord of lords, that's Jesus Christ. Can I get it? Amen. amen. So while everybody's bowing, they are standing. They're brought before the king because they refuse to bow to the world. They will only bow to Jesus. And they're brought before the king and the king's uh, a little upset that they wouldn't bow to his idol. And so he gives them another opportunity to compromise. If you read your Bible in the chapter before, they were just promoted. I find it interesting that after promotion, immediately after that is an opportunity to compromise. And they're brought before the king. The king says, hey, is it true you didn't bow? They say, yeah, we won't bow. We only have one God that we'll bow to. And he says, well, I'm going to give you another opportunity to bow and compromise because if not, I'm going to throw you into that furnace. And in this moment, they can, they can now see the furnace. They can now see the consequence of living by conviction rather than by convenience. And they say to King Nebuchadnezzar, they say something in particular that's so challenging to me. We're going to focus on that a little bit later. But they declare, you know what? Our God is the only God that we'll bow to. And if that means that we're not going to bow to, to your idol, and that means we're going to go to the furnace, then we'll go and our God will rescue us. And so he throws them into the furnace. In fact, the furnace is so hot because he's so angry, he turned it seven times hotter. Have you ever opened the oven and you get hit by that heat wave? Imagine that heat wave so hot that it killed you instantly. This furnace was so hot, the three soldiers that took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the furnace, they were killed as they got too close. Throws them into the furnace and doesn't take long for King Nebuchadnezzar to look into the fire and he sees not three men, but four walking unbound and unharmed. And he says something interesting because he's not yet a believer in their God, but he notices something in particular about the fourth man. He says, read your Bible, the fourth. He says, wait, I see four. We threw three. I see four. The fourth looks like the son of God. You know, this, maybe you know the story. He brings them out and he declares the reality, the power of their God, the God that we serve, that we worship. And Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are promoted again. Three things that I want to pull from this story that I believe are for you and I, I believe for you as a community, as a church, church alive. And there's one or two things I really felt like the Holy Spirit has stirred my heart. That is for maybe just one or two people in this room this morning. But I, what I love about the God that we serve is he will cause a 28-year-old pastor's kid to preach a message because he knew you would be here. And there'd be one point in particular, while it may not be for everybody else, it was for you. Number one is this, God gave you friends for the fire. God gave you friends for the fire. Before we look at the obvious point of this story, that Jesus is in your fire, I think we would be remiss to overlook the fact that God has given you friends for the fire. I think sometimes Jesus shows up in our fire and lets you know, hey, I'm here, but why are you by yourself? Where are your friends? I never called you to walk through this fire alone. Why are you by yourself? Look what the Bible says in verse number, verse 19. And this is just a snippet of this chapter but it's a, it's a part of this story where if, the, if there were a critical moment where one of these guys would have bounced and rolled and left, it'd be this moment. But I love as we read that they are together. King Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're together. And his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace uh, heated seven times hotter than usual. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're hearing this. They know this. They're aware of what's going on. They commanded some of the strongest soldiers. We talked about this in the army to tie up. Watch this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're still together and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and Nikes and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace together. 
The king's command was so urgent, the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took, watch this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are still together. And these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. I love, read Daniel 3, from beginning to end, they're together. I, I try to imagine how this whole conversation, this whole story went down. Because if I'm with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, maybe they didn't say it, but I would. As, as the, the king declares, you know what, I'm going to build this idol. And if you don't bow down and worship, you're, you're going to die. I'd be like, hey, uh, Shadrach, um, we just got promoted. Can we enjoy this for just a little bit? Like, we got to be God's ambassadors, don't we? Like, why don't we, why don't we just untie our sandals now? And so when the music plays, we can just pretend like we're tying our sandals and pretend like we're bowing. And, you know, they'll think we're bowing, but God will know what's really going on. And Shadrach will be like, no, no, Josh, we're not going to pretend to do anything. We will only truly bow to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. All right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. And then we get called into King Nebuchadnezzar. Now it's real. We're like, yo, Meshach, are we really going to do this? We're going to live by faith and conviction. Do you see the fire? Said, Josh, yes, we are. We're going to do this together. Yeah. And the king says, you're going to go into the fire. And then the act just imagine what can you imagine them walking into the fire together? Yo, are we really going to do this? Said, yeah, we're going to do this together. I love that they refused to bow together. I love that they refused to compromise together. I love that they walked into the fire by faith together. I love that they met Jesus in the fire together. And I love that they walked out of the fire together. Yeah. It makes me wonder, would this story be different if they weren't together? Yeah. I know that there are stories in my life that would have looked different if I was not together. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I saw this in my own life uh, in a, a physical endurance event that I did. And I don't look like Pastor Fernando. <laughs> Pastor Fernando is my hero. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 40, oh my God. If I could look like you when I'm 48, play professional soccer, he really is my hero. I did this physical endurance event. I, I'm not like Pastor Fernando where I enjoy pain and suffering of working out. <laughs> Pastor Joe Riddle, who's coming to speak, uh, has persuaded and caused me to do these physical endurance events that I do not like doing. But Joe's one of those guys like Pastor Fernando, they just live for this stuff. And so we do, it's called a go ruck. And I don't, I don't really have time to explain. You Google it later. It was a 12 hour event from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m., which is when I'd rather be sleeping in bed. Can I get an amen? It was a fundraiser for our youth ministry. And it's for 12 hours. You have a, a backpack with 35 pounds of weight in your back. You're doing workouts and exercises and carrying people and carrying uh, logs and, and doing all these awful things for these 12 hours. And then you finish. And you know what you get? A patch. I want money. I don't want a patch for doing. There was one moment in this go ruck that, that was the only reason I, I finished this moment is because I had a friend on my left and my right. And if my, my friends are going to help me this morning with this illustration, uh, we got to the water and uh, this is, is Jody, right? And who, what's, your, what's, your, what's your name? Jesse. Can we thank Jody and Jesse for helping me this morning? So we get to, to the water. Now there's a problem normally the water would be great, but it was cold outside, which meant the water was freezing. I don't like cold water. I like hot tubs. Can I get an amen? amen? And we had to do these things called water burpees. If you don't know what a burpee is, yeah, if you don't know what a burpee is, you got to get on the ground all the way down and jump back up again. You do enough of them and it's not very fun. Do it in cold water and it's demonic witchcraft. Can I get an amen? 
And so we get into the water and I ask everybody to link arms like this and like this. And so now I, I got no choice to go anywhere except to do these water burpees. And in this moment, two of my best friends named Davey and Luke were standing on my left and standing on my right. They, they are like these guys, stronger, better looking than me. Can I get an amen? And then the instructor said, okay, we're going to do 30 water burpees. 30. We're not doing 30. And Davey and Luke are similar to Joe and Pastor Fernando where they're all about it. Like, let's do this. I'm like, let's not do this. One. And we go down under the water. And Davey and Luke are like, yeah. And I'm like, no. We go down. Two. Down again. And we go three. Down again. I'm like, guys, I can't do this. You're going to drown me. I am physically incapable. And Davey was like, man, just pretend. Just pretend this is like a water baptism. Down. Four. Again. I'm like, I'm identifying with the death of Jesus, not the resurrection of Jesus. Down. Five. Again. Down. Six. Again. I'm like, guys, I can't do this. Like, Josh, we got you. Eight. Down again. The only reason I finished all 30 water burpees is because I had a friend on my left. I had a friend on my right who were stronger than I was, who were able to lead me in a season where I didn't have the strength to lead myself. I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. I feel safe here, by the way. Thank you. There are some seasons, the only way you're going to make it to water burpee number 30 is if you got a friend linked to your left and linked to your right. The type of friends, when you want to give up and you want to fall, they pick you up again. I tricked you. We're not going down. When you want to compromise, they don't let you. The kind of friends, when you face a fire, they don't run, but they grab your left arm and your right arm. So if you're going to face a fire, we're going to face this together. If it means we've got to walk through this fire together, we'll walk through it together. And we're going to walk out of it together. Can I get an amen? Come on, give these guys a hand. You know what's cool about that story is Davey and Luke, the guys that were on my left and my right, not only are they the only reason I got through those 30 water burpees, but there's been seasons in my life where the only reason I'm still standing on this stage is because they were linked to my left and to my right. Times in my life, even these last five years, things that have taken place where I've thought to myself, man, I can't do this anymore. And if you live life long enough, I'm sure you found yourself in a place where you're just not sure. And I'm thankful for friends in my life who did not allow me to give up. This, this is what I found is, this is what I found is, is, is we like friends close enough to help us, but not close enough to really know who we are. If we're going to link arms then it's going to become personal. And if we're going to link arms, it means now I got to reveal to you what I struggle with and what my weaknesses are. This is what I found, especially in the, it's funny in, in the church world. This is why I love community groups, transform groups is, is, is we need people that have permission to give us a Snickers bar when we need one. You ever seen that Snickers commercial? Where somebody's acting a fool and then the friend gives them a Snickers bar. Here, take this. You're not you when you're hungry. That's what I love about church, but more than just a Sunday service, these transform groups, these community groups, is because it gives us almost no option but to begin to open our lives and begin to share with how life is going awesome, what we're struggling with, and also give people. Here's the thing. They're, the, Davey and Luke, there's two friends of mine. I talked about this not long ago with our church. They have full permission. This is, how, this, is, this is how it is for me. I need people in my life to tell me when I'm being an idiot. I just do. 
And you know what I've also found? The older I've gotten, the more I need it. I need, people need permission to speak into my life. And they got to, obviously they got to know who you are. As we do life together and and they have permission to say, Josh, man, what what are you thinking? Why are you thinking those, those thoughts? That's not like you. Why, why are you talking that negative way? It, Josh, it sounds like you're starting to gossip. You, you need to stop. Yeah. Josh, I, the way that you reacted in that way, man, that's not you. Hey, what, what's going on? Josh, you're being an idiot. I wonder, I know that's strong, but I wonder, do, do we have people in our lives that have permission to give us a Snickers bar when we need it? By the way, I'll eat a Snickers bar every day. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Church, we got to be careful to think transform groups aren't just for certain people. It's for everybody. It's a friends for the fire thing. You say, well, Josh, I don't have I don't have those friends. You know, the best thing you can do is be that friend for somebody else. These types of friends, friends for the fire, they don't just happen. Surface level friends do. When we're talking about friends that you link arms with, they don't point a laugh at you when you mess up and they pick you up again. That walk through you with a fire. It takes work. It takes forgiveness. It takes humility. It takes vulnerability. It takes humility. Can I get an amen? amen? Number two is this. I need to hurry up. Is there is another man in the fire. Verse 24, we read this earlier. Then King Nebuchadnezzar left to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up through into the fire? Certainly He says, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego remind you and I that when we face the fire exhibit, the fire seasons of life, you are not alone. There's a fourth man and your fire and his name is Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? And maybe you're here this morning and it feels like the furnace has been turned up seven times hotter. Can I remind you there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. It may not feel like it. It may not look like it. But Jesus, the son of God, is in your fire. If you believe it, can I get an amen? Anybody here this morning and you can testify that there were fire seasons of your life and Jesus showed up in your fire? Anybody like me and you started some of those fires and Jesus was still so good, he showed up anyway? Here's the thing. If we believe this to be true, if we believe this to be true, this has a powerful implication for our lives. I didn't catch this until I was preparing this message. And maybe it was obvious to you, but I missed this so often reading this story. In verse 25, it says this. The King Nebuchadnezzar says, look, I see four men walking around in the fire. Did you catch it? I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. I see four men walking around. I realized you're not supposed to walk in a furnace. They should not have been walking in the fire. The Bible does not say they were screaming, they were shouting, they were running around, stopping, dropping, and rolling. They weren't in the fetal position in fear. They weren't in pain. They should have been. But King Nebuchadnezzar is is bewildered because he says, I see, not only do I see four men, but they're walking. What does that mean? That means even in the natural, in this season of my life, I should be in pain. I should be depressed. I should be filled with anxiety. If Jesus, if Jesus is in my fire, then that means there's peace that surpasses all understanding in my fire. If Jesus is in my fire, even though I should be depressed in the natural, there's joy in the battle. There's purpose in the fire. 
people should look at Christians and seasons of fire that you walked through and have the same amazement that King Nebuchadnezzar has. How are you walking? And I love that they went in bound. Don't forget, they went inbound. And King Nebuchadnezzar says they were unbound, unharmed. I love that because sometimes the very thing the enemy meant to hurt you, to kill you, to destroy you, the fire, Jesus will use to set you free. Can I get an amen? Friend, friend, this is for somebody today. That means you can find rest in the fire. You shouldn't be able to find rest and peace that surpasses all understanding. In the natural, there's no way I should feel peace. I should be anxious. I should be up all night, but if Jesus is in my fire, I can find rest. Maybe, maybe it's time to start walking again. Number three, I need to finish. We're almost done. This one sounds a little odd, but stay with me. The enemy should know your name. The enemy should know your name. If you read this scripture, you, you read that they're brought before King Nebuchadnezzar. They weren't brought before the king because they were doing what everybody else was doing. They were brought before the king because they refused to bow to the world. And so King Nebuchadnezzar, not only does he know their names, but he knows what they look like because they became a threat. I grew up playing soccer. If there's three and a half soccer fans in here this morning. And I went to a school, we were called the Patriots. We weren't the greatest soccer team. We were okay. And there was another school down the street. They were the Falcons. It's a big rivalry. Context, every time we played the Falcons, we lost. But there's something that happened in one of those games. Never happened before, never happened since, but it happened. And we're playing against the Falcons and some of my closest friends were on this other team. And, I'll never forget it. So it only happened one time. We were losing. It was in the second half. And, and somebody, somebody passed me, Pastor Fernando, somebody passed me the ball. And as I turned to face the goal and to shoot, one of the defenders screams out, hey, that's Josh Kelly. Don't let him shoot. Pastor Fernando, does it matter that when I shot the ball, I missed by 43 feet? Maybe, maybe. Does it matter? that we lost that game four to one, maybe. But they knew who I was, because for a moment, they thought I was a threat. And as odd as this sound, I pray that the devil himself knows my first, middle, and last name, not because I'm perfect, but because I refuse to bow to anything other than to who Jesus is. I pray that Church Alive is at the top of the enemy's to-do list, because we're a dangerous church. Not because, not because we're perfect, but because as a church, we're in community. We refuse to bow to anything in the world. We will only bow to who Jesus is. I pray that when a family from Church Alive moves into a neighborhood, that the devil freaks out. Because he knows that the gospel is getting ready to invade that neighborhood. I pray when a businessman or a businesswoman from Church Alive starts a business, the devil freaks out because he knows it's not just a business. It's a kingdom-minded business that's going to advance. I pray, I pray, I'm tired of mediocre safe churches. Now don't get me wrong, this is a safe church. You can come with your mess and your shame, it's a safe church. But in the context 
of the kingdom of heaven. And the enemy, I pray this is the most dangerous church in this region. Can I get an amen? I wonder this morning, does the enemy know your name? Is the enemy aware of who you are? The moment your life bows to Jesus, there's a target on your back. The good news is, is that the enemy has, has already lost. It's important we understand that this morning. We talked about him a lot. The, the enemy's already lost. When Jesus rose from the grave, he de- defeated the devil, defeated sin, defeated shame, defeated who he used to be. We serve a God who has already won. And so the enemy from a losing position, this is what he tries to do, is entice Christians to bow to anything other than who Jesus is. This is what I found. As, as we do this Christian walk, as, as we, we, we surrender everything and we bow to Jesus, but then we start to bow to Jesus with certain areas of our life. And then there's other areas of my life where I don't really know if I want to bow and surrender that to Jesus anymore. The problem with that is, is I become a Christian that the devil is not concerned with. And I pray that this church, we're not perfect, friend. We're all on a journey, but I pray that we're a dangerous church. I wonder this morning, what have you begun? We're almost done. What have you begun to bow to? Where has compromise begun to sneak in to your life? The truth is, everybody in this room, because none of us are perfect, there is always areas where Jesus, every morning I wake up, I surrender everything again. Everything again. I'm going to finish with this and we're done. Because there's one statement. By the way, I've found the world gives us opportunity to compromise every day. I'm going to finish with this and we're out of time. And then I give people the opportunity to give their lives to Jesus. There's something that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, and I want to say this this morning because I believe as we continue to be the church, if we can live this kind of spirit-led faith, this kind of statement that they say, I believe we will be the most dangerous Christians, dangerous church. They say something that so challenges me. It's the kind of statement that reminds the devil just how defeated he is. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're brought before King Nebuchadnezzar, and he says, hey, you're going to go into the fire. You really think your God's going to rescue you? And they, they say, yeah, we do believe that our God will rescue us. And then they say, they say this statement that so challenges me because if I'm being honest, I don't know if I'm there yet, but I pray that I'm on my way. They say, King, even if he doesn't, we won't bow to your idol. Even if he doesn't, our God is still God. Do you know what New Jersey needs? Do you know what our nation needs? It's not perfect Christians. It needs some even if Christians. It needs an even if church. Jesus, we're here to follow you, to build your church. And even if it means it's a little inconvenient, even if it means I got to visit exhibit, I don't want to even catch this. Even if it means, even if it means you don't heal my son, my daughter, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, in the time frame I thought that you would, even if you don't, God, you're still God. My faith is not determined on what you do. It's determined on what you've already done on the cross and who you are. Even if, even if, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, devil, I will only stand taller. Even if he doesn't, devil, I will only lift my hands higher. I will only lift my voice higher. I will only praise and worship louder. Because we serve a God who knows your name and he gave his life so that you can know his. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this place this morning and you don't know Jesus, you don't know him personally, you don't know what it is to be forgiven of your sins, to surrender, to bow your life 
to Jesus. You live this life long enough, you will find as you bow your life to things of the world, you still find yourself in the same unsatisfied, unfulfilled, empty place. Because the only true satisfaction, fulfillment, purpose is found in Jesus. By reconnecting with the God that created you, that already knows your name. And friend, he died on that cross and rose from the grave so that you can know his name and you don't need to get yourself together. If you would, you would have done it by now. But that's the beauty of this gospel. It's just as you are right now. He accepts you. He loves you. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And I want to give anybody and everybody in this service, as every head bowed, every eyes closed, if you're a Christian in this place, I'm going to ask you to pray. Pray for everybody in this service today. When I count to three, I'm going to ask you to just lift your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. Just so I know to include you in the prayer. I'm not going to call you down to the front, but just where you are. Once I've seen it, you can put it back down. Say, Josh, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. One, there's already a hand right there. One, two other hands right there. Another hand there. If you're in this place, say, Josh, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. Another two hands. Two, another hand there. Two, if you need to give your life back to Jesus, you began to bow. If I've seen it, you can put it down. I've begun to bow certain areas in my life so much so that I've just disconnected myself from God. Nothing can separate you from God, friend, but, but you know that you've walked away from him. There's another hand right there. We serve a God of as many chances as we need. He's not angry. He's not mad. His arms are wide open. He's saying, welcome home again. Three, if that's you in this place, lift your hand high enough and long enough for me to see another hand there, another hand there, another hand there, another hand there. Anybody else? Another hand back there. Another hand there. Once I've seen it, you can put it down. Another hand right there. Anybody else, friend? Nobody's too good. Nobody's too bad. We're all in need of a Savior. Don't leave this place without knowing that your eternity's in heaven. Anybody else? Say, Josh, that's me. Amen. Amen. Church, can we lift our eyes together? Can we give the biggest shout of praise we give it all morning? If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.